Hello and welcome to another episode of Who Knew in the Moment, the podcast. I'm your host, Phil Friedrich, and today I am honored to have Sandy Glant with me. Sandy is a business owner. She does business coaching. She's also won a pageant, Mrs. International 2022. She's an author of the book, Slay Your Day, and something that she would probably pride herself on the most, though, is being a wife and a mom. She's very family-oriented, and something that if you when you get her book, uh, you'll learn about is her S3 framework, and she talks about having systems, strategies, and support. And so uh, I think throughout our conversation today, those things will be very relevant. So Sandy, thanks so much for being on. Yes, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. You bet. So to start your story, uh, you grew up in Pennsylvania, and you had some entrepreneurial pieces in your family with your dad and your grandparents. So talk a little bit about growing up as a child to an entrepreneur and some of the things that you learned uh, early on. Yes. Well, I love all the research that you do, by the way. I just want to tell you that <laughs> because me talking about you know my dad and my grandparents. I mean, that's really at the roots of how I even became interested in entrepreneurship. And my grandfather had his own clothing business. I mean, think back, this was in like the forties, in the fifties. Uh -huh. um, when I was a little girl, my dad, I would go like on road trips, business trips with my dad. And I was always so intrigued in like, what's he doing? Like, what are these business trips and what are they all about? And um, he was in the craft and hobby business at the time before he started his second business. Um, and he would just go on these trips. And it was so interesting for me, especially at, I don't know, maybe 10 years old um, to be like seeing what he was doing and, and going, you know, into these business meetings and really getting a taste for this entrepreneurial life. And I fell in love with it. And I think also because, you know, I'm a daddy's girl and I always um, really enjoyed being with him. He made those trips so fun, which I think also um, led to me having this really positive experience early on with entrepreneurship that for me, it was always so exciting, but it was, it also felt like it just became a part of me um, because I really, really just enjoyed it. Opened my eyes up to there's so many possibilities. And I love that it's such a young, but I don't, I mean, I think I would have always been an entrepreneur having my own business because it's just in my personality, but I I'm so blessed because being able to see that from early on really set the tone and the precedence for me. Yes. Now, a, a phrase that you've referenced that they shared with you was uh, be able to create your own destiny. And, you know, there is something to be said about, you know, being an entrepreneur and being able to create what you want life to look like, right? Whether it's flexibility in a schedule, whether it's the amount of income you're trying to generate. So talk a little bit about, you know, as you started to get into entrepreneurship, how you viewed creating your own destiny from what, you know, you had seen from your, your parents and grandparents. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So that's something that my grandfather, that was his motto. And he always said, create your own destiny. Whatever it is that you want, you go after it. Don't let anybody tell you no, figure out a way to do it. And I feel like as an entrepreneur, there's no straight line to success. It always feels like just as you're getting a couple of steps forward, there's a detour or you have to reroute. So I feel like that, that piece of advice, it's so relevant to anyone in business because mm. if you think it's just this straight line of success, you're going to be what my brand and my business and how I run it. It's truly formed on that motto because creating your own destiny, destiny doesn't mean it has to look like a blueprint someone else has created. You decide what it looks like. And I yeah. have done that 
with the business owner and really all the components of how I craft my business, because it's not a traditional nine to five or, you know, an entrepreneurial world where you never turn things off. Like I'm fully present as a mom when I'm wearing that hat and in that mode, and I'm fully present with my clients in my business when I'm in that mode. So there's no like, you know, feeling like I have to follow someone else's prototype or blueprint. Like I have created this and mapped this out on my own. And I'm so grateful for really like even getting that mentality, that, that mental piece of it from so early on, because I think that's, what's allowed me to feel comfortable and confident in living that and in creating it. So we're going to dive more into this later on, but since you already brought it up, we'll talk a little bit about it right now. And what I love that you said is when I have this hat on, I'm fully present doing this. And when I have this hat on, I'm fully present doing that. And I think the idea of, you know, the cliche term right now in the world of business and entrepreneurship is balance, right? You know, Hey, how do I live a balanced life? And I think the reality is for most people, whether you look at it from a day or a month or a year standpoint, you you probably don't live each day doing three hours of this, three hours of this, three hours of this. Right. Um, but I think the balance comes from having your energy 100% focused on whatever it is you're doing at that time and not allowing yourself to focus on business when you're playing with your kids. So I think the toughest part, though, is how do we shut that off? <laughs> like, How do yeah. I be present with my kids when I just had this day of business going wrong or I had this customer yeah. or client call? So talk a little bit about that from just the mental side. Yes. So for me, I, I mean, look, I work from home. I hear everything that goes on, even on the other side of the door or downstairs <laughs> when my kids are home. We're in summer right now. So yeah. usually during the school year it's a little bit more quiet but you know it's a blessing and a curse because at one time I because I can hear everything you're you know in work mode and you're trying to wear that hat and be in that department but you also hear everything that's going on with the kids (laughs) however it's also great because for me it's it's like I want to be able to open that door and go downstairs for lunch and have lunch with my kids or open that door and say, okay, let's go for a walk, you know, in between calls or whatever it is that I need to do. And no one day ever looks the same for me. You know, like some days could be more content heavy days. Other days could be more client focused days. So that's also the beautiful thing about entrepreneurship and creating your own schedule is no one day looks the same, but you get to create that. And I think the biggest thing for me has been when I'm with my kids, like putting the phone down, not plugging into that, not having the notification, like just, I try and just put it away. My husband gets mad at me sometimes because he's like, I can never get a hold of you (laughs) (laughs) because it's like on a charger in the living room. And I'm like in the playroom with the kids. So, you know, for me, it's, I, I really am conscious and aware about where my feet are. And I know it can be so hard as a mom, when you're like with your kids and you're thinking about business or you're in business and you're thinking about your kids. But I think when you know what the goal is, it's easier for you to really show up and be where you're at. So you're not Mm. feeling like that hug of mom guilt, or I should be here when I'm there or any of that, because it really is like you deciding where you need to show up and just being there doing it. And then you get to move on to the next thing. I think that's great. And, you know, just highlighting the phone, you know, whether it's you have quiet hours or times where you're not on it. um, I think having, you know, safeguards is important for me. I don't keep work email on my phone, which most people are like, what? You're crazy. Yeah, I I just know myself. (laughs) 
And, and I think, you know, the one thing that I would just mention. Yes. Yes. That's one way to, to not look at it at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think the thing that I would mention, uh, because the fear for a lot of people is, well, what happens if you get an important email or what happens if this, and whenever we bring on a client, I just let them know, Hey, I'll always get back to you within 24 hours. Yeah. Right. Because I'll always check yeah. my email within a 24 hour time frame. Um, I'm just not going to promise that I'll get back right, to you course. within yeah. one hour of your email. Right. Right. And, you know, like for me also, I have at this point in my business, I have a team. So when I first started, it was only me at this point. Now I have a team. So if there was something to come through, there was an email and it was super important or urgent and I needed to see it. Like I have a team in place so they can say, Sandy, you need attention on this email or you need it. So like, it's not all of, even in my inbox, most days I have my team filtering through that. So there's things that Sandy needs to put attention on. And then other things that my team can handle that I don't even need to see. So I think that's also a good practice. If you're at that point where, you know, you could bring a VA onto your team, a virtual assistant for an hour a week to do that kind of work, you know, if, yes. if you're just getting started. Um, so that is a huge time saver. Yes, I love it. So going backwards now to to younger years when you were, you know, around 10, 11 years old, you get your yeah. first job. And I think there's something about establishing yeah. work ethic early on that later on translates and helps us have a good work ethic. But talk about getting that first job and, you know, what you learned and maybe what having money meant, you know, when you were able to earn that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I am the oldest of three. So I have a brother who's two years younger than me. And then I have a brother who is 11 years younger than me. And so that automatically made me become the family babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> so my parents could go out on their date night or whatever they wanted to do, right? Like both my parents worked, um, but I just loved being in this role of big sister. And for me, like, that also was a big part of like my independence because I was yeah. like, wow, like not only am I, you know, this 10 or 11 year old, but now I get to kind of be like this little mini mommy where I get to take care of my brother. Cause again, 11 years is a pretty big gap. Yeah. So when I was 11, my mom said, okay, we feel comfortable with you being able to babysit, watch your brother. If you go get certified with this like safe sitter license. So once I did that and all the other moms in the neighborhood found out, I now became the neighborhood movies and the dances and all of that. I was making money pretty much booked out every Friday, Saturday, Sunday on the weekends, whether it was my parents or one of the other neighborhood moms. And I, it just, I think also when you get your first taste of your own money, like it's not your parents giving you money. It's not like, you know, like it's really that first taste of you. Oh my God, I figured something out. I figured out for me, it became like I unlocked this next level. And I was like, people are going to pay me to like play with their kids and sit on their couch while their kids like go to bed so they can go out and I can like eat all the food in their kitchen. Like, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, that was really like the first taste of even my own entrepreneurial journey, because I was like, wow, like I'm in school. I can nanny babysit, whatever, make my own little money on this side. So I, I got bit by the entrepreneurial bug very early with being introduced to it. But then and I also feel like I found out very early on how to start making my own money and what my own journey started to look like. Yes, I love that. 
So as you go to college, then you do elect to go to college, right? Uh, you go to Temple University. Yep. And while you're That's there, right. you have a few different kind of internships and jobs that you get to learn from. So talk a little bit about, you know, what you were studying and what oh, yeah. you're able to do uh, while in college. Yes. So I don't like today to use the word hustler, but during college, I was a hustler. Like <laughs> I was in school full time. So I had full time credits. I interned at CBS, the radios or no, I'm sorry, the TV station. So I interned at CBS. Um, I was a bartender Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights of the week. And then I worked at a radio station. So shout out to Q102 in Philly because <laughs> I worked with them for maybe two or three years. And it was the best job. They, I was on the promo team. They would pay us to go to the show was working. Like, you know, I, I went to school five days a week. I would nanny for like Monday through Thursday. I would bartend Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Like when I tell you, I don't even know how I had the energy to do this. I would come home from school. Uh, after I would come home from school, I would go pick the kids up from my nanny job, leave the nanny job on my Thursday about six o'clock and then go start my bartending shift at eight o'clock. And then work till three o'clock in the morning. Like I did not turn it off because I was just it's like, oh my gosh, like I, I knew that there was like this bigger picture. Mm -hmm. And I also feel like, so when I was in college, my parents said, we're going to pay for your first two years. You're going to pay for your last two years at Temple. Yeah. So I didn't feel like, you know, I, I just had this free ride. Like I had to pay my way, you know, pay off that debt, that student loan debt. And for me, like, I always like a goal and a mission. And my goal was two years after I graduated, I wanted to pay off all my student loan debt because I wanted to travel. I was like, well, I'm not going to travel until this debt is gone. Like mm. I, I have to earn it. And if I don't yeah. pay it off, I'm not going to let myself do that. So in the process of all of that, I, I mean, I had fun, like who's not going to have fun working promo at a radio station and like bartending and, and doing all these really fun jobs. So for me, like, yes, it was work, but I felt like I always had really fun doing these jobs and then making good money doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So as I hear you say that, you know, I know someone listening says, and wait until you hear what she's doing now, folks, like you're going to think, oh my gosh, in college, she was, <laughs> she was bored. Uh, but you know, they hear all the different things and they say, how are you running that fast, that consistently? And an analogy that I like to use is if you think about like, if you went and ate at a buffet, there's the salad plate, there's the dinner plate, there's the dessert plate, and they're all different sizes. So you can only fit so much food on each plate. And a person that is doing more consistently and doesn't get burned out by it, they probably just have a bigger plate, right? They've been able to grow and stretch. So talk about, you know, increasing your capacity of what you're able to do on a consistent basis without feeling that burnout. Yeah, well, one thing for me is I never, well, I should say two things. One thing is I never allow myself to just settle in where I'm at. Like it makes me feel uncomfortable because I, I know that I'm capable of so much and I haven't yeah. even scratched the surface of what I'm capable of and where I'm going, where I, what, what do I want? What do I want to achieve? So for me, like doing all of these things, it never felt like I have to do them. I did it because I enjoyed it. I did it because I knew it was growing me in different ways. There was a, a purpose behind everything that I was doing. And I think that truly going back to the first couple of questions that, you know, you were asking me like that 
entrepreneurship, like that, seeing it from a young age, kind of like getting that exposure, it crafted everything for me, for where I was going and what I was building. So even though I had this little, you know, babysitting business when I was like 11, I mean, that translated into the next thing, into the next thing, into the next thing, because you look and you're like, you know what, the sky's the limit. Mm -hmm. What do I want to do right now? What's the goal? Where do I want to show up? What does this mean for my life? So I think when you look at, you know, not, not only like, oh my gosh, if I do all this, I'm going to burn out. Like that fueled me. Like I, was doing a lot, but it really fueled me because I had fun doing it. It was rewarding. I was getting paid for it, but it gave me purpose. So always, even to this day, like if I'm doing something and running on all cylinders, which is like kind of the theme of my life, I don't feel burnt out. I feel fulfilled and fueled mm-hmm. by it because I know I'm living in my purpose. It's not something that I feel burnout or stressed out by. Yes. I love it. Now, the next question that someone listening hears is, all right, I don't feel like I'm living in my purpose. Sandy, how do I find my purpose? So what would be, you know, one or two nuggets to somebody listening that says, I don't think I'm living in my purpose, but I also don't know where to find it. Yeah. So I would start with what do you enjoy? Like what makes you happy? Because, you know, for me, all the things that I've done in my life, I've done event planning, I've done I mean, I've I've had a lot of jobs within kind of like the organizational and 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 marketing and sales, and I've always loved doing those things. But I had to figure out like what did I enjoy when I was doing wedding planning, and and I'll tell you about the hours of that too because that was also not something that was just your nine to five job. I mean, you're talking weekends and holidays and nights, and you know that is a full on. There's never really an off button there. Yeah. Um, it was something that I really enjoyed, but I didn't just like wake up one day and said, Oh, I I like to plan events or I like to do weddings. Like it's something that I already had a passion for. Mm. So what is it that you have a passion for and how can you tie that in to monetizing that? And if you're like, well, I don't know, I like to, to knit, I don't know. I'm coming up with something random. Like there's, there's something out there for everybody. You just have to figure out where the thing that you love meets. How do I monetize that? What is the audience there? What is the need for that? Because when when you can combine those two, it's the perfect marriage of what you love and how to make how to monetize it, how to make money. And then you combine those two together and there's your winning situation. That's like your winning sandwich. <laughs> yes, I love it. Now, behind every successful person, oftentimes there is a supportive spouse. And so you meet this guy named Jared and on a first date, he wows you with some cooking skills. So talk a little bit about (laughs) meeting and the relationship and just, you know, kind of growing together as you guys have both had, you know, career success uh, independently, but also together. Yeah. So I, at the time was in Pennsylvania and I was still doing my wedding planning in the wedding planning industry, but I had paid off my student loans. And I was ready to make a move. And I found uh, this guy named Grant Cardone. And I was like, wow, like they had just moved from LA to Florida, to Miami. And I was like, okay, love what this guy's doing with his sales and his marketing. And by the way, at the time, if you guys know who Grant Cardone is today, which I'm sure a lot of people do, it wasn't the same visibility as this was 10 years ago. I mean, there's been a massive incredible journey and transformation that I've been able to have a front row seat and witness. And I remember when I came to their office 
again, 10 years ago, there was like, they had just opened their doors. There was probably three employees. Like it was brand new. And they had offered me a job to work with them because again, I'm coming from sales, marketing, social media, running the in this golf club. I mean, I really was running every single department at the golf club. So they hired me for sales and the events, but I was running all the marketing, all the social media. I was doing their blogs. I was, I mean, I was doing, I was pretty much wearing all of the hats at that point. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I said, wow, I want to, I want to take this sales game to the next level. Let me go all about. So I came down, little did I know, like I found this out after the fact, when I found out through social media, which I thought was grand, that was like great, set up an interview, connect with my VP, who Jared was the uh, vice president at the time. It was actually Jared <laughs> acting as Grant saying, connect with my VP and set up, you know, the interview and, and come down here and see how you like it. Yeah. So I come down and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, this is amazing. I love this company. And the, at the time, what they were offering me was the same thing that I was, the same deal that I had in Pennsylvania. And I was like, man, the cost of living and the expenses and everything on top of it. I'm like, I ju it just doesn't make sense for me right now to make this move. I had just paid, all, put all those factors up. And I was like, I just can't make the move. So then Jared comes back and is like, you know, this This is after a weekend together. And he's like, I had such a great time with you. Uh, you know, and, and this is like over the course of a few months, probably like six months where he's like, just a little tech, you should come back down here. Like I had a great time with you. Uh, we should, you should like come down. We should hang out. <laughs> so I had a trip that ended up not working out, came down again, like, or booked another uh, flight to come down that December for, it was a uh, new year's. And pretty much from that weekend on, we were inseparable. I moved down to Florida four months after that. And I look back and I'm like, oh my God, as a parent, like <laughs> I know my parents were like having a mini heart attack. I'm like, <laughs> number one, thank God I don't have a girl. But number two, because I'm like, I know the universe will somehow try and pay me back. But <laughs> I mean, even if my boys did that to me, I'd be devastated. But you know, yeah. like as, a, as the only daughter as well, the oldest child like I was the only daughter or, or um you know uh sibling to move away yeah. okay, so like all yeah. my both my brothers are still there all my cousins like everybody is still in Pennsylvania I'm the only one that moved away so that's why I say you know I give my parents like a mini heart attack but and also being so close to them it was a right. shock um we'll figure out like I, and I remember thinking in my head like this could be my future husband like I don't I, like I just something feels different this guy you know I gotta, I gotta go see what's there yeah. So in the course of that, it, what I was, I've always been very grateful for is the fact that like, I have my own entrepreneurial journey. Although Jared works for someone else, he, he understands the mindset. And yeah. I think it's hard for couples who, you know, if they're not on the same page and one person's out grinding and working and the other person just doesn't understand, like, what goes into that? Like, I always saw how my mom supported my dad yeah. on his entrepreneurial journey. You know, she builds with him. She grinds with him. She's there with him. But for me, it was like, now we're both kind of in that same bucket, even though he's working for someone else. Like we both get the ebb and the flow and, and, you know, kind of how all of that works. So that for me was also what was very attractive with 
Jared, because coming from a family where I saw that, that was all so familiar to me. Once I kind of got into his world down here in Miami, I was like, this is like the next level. <laughs> yeah. Well, so let's highlight that because I think that's super important. Um, you know, there's nothing that can be more draining than when you've just had a 15, 16 hour day and then to come home and have something or someone there that's giving you a hard time about not being home, right? Because most people yeah. it's like, well, yeah, I probably would have rather had dinner with, you know, you and the kids, right. but it just, right. I had to be at this function, right? And yeah. that's the way my day went. And so, yeah. you know, talk about that being having the support, but also being supportive because once again, there's probably times where you have events or Jared has events. And it's like, well, yeah, we would have much yeah. rather had dinner as a family, but that just yeah. wasn't the way this worked today. And so opposed yeah. to compounding it, right. And making you feel bad about it. Uh, how can I support, yeah. right. And make the dynamic work. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So we have a couple of safeguards that we have um, to make sure that we're always kind of just in check with each other. And I'll, I'll share a couple of those with you. So the first one is um, we have weekly date nights where it's kind of just like our time to go out and, you know, dress up and go have dinner and like some drinks, whatever, where we go out. And that's just our time together to talk about the relationship, to talk about where we're at, what's coming up. Does he have travel? Do I have travel? Like what's just kind of what's going on that week? A step further from that is every quarter. So once a quarter we sit down, we pull out the big calendar. I have a whole YouTube training on this. And we, we literally go through both of our calendars, the kids' schedules, my uh, calendar, his calendar, and we color coordinate the actual big like desk calendar. And then we sync it up with our, um, you know, our Google calendars yeah. where we know exactly what's going on. So like, I've had so much travel this year. Jared's had a little bit less, but still, he still has travel um, and events and boot camps and workshops. And so it's just like, there's a lot of moving pieces. Plus you add on the kids camps and <laughs> their schedules. And like, it's just, how do you keep up with so yeah. many moving pieces? Well, the answer to that is those quarterly check-ins where yeah. we can see it on the calendar, like in print and on our virtual calendars, like this is what's going on. So that's like one more practical way that we just kind of, I mean, literally stay on the same page um, because we map it out. We, and we update it because sometimes like when we sit down in January and do the entire year, there's things that change, you know, in April from January when we sit down to do Q2. So it's really, it's really like, we're just updating it constantly to what, like, what do you need? What do I need? And then how does the other person support in whatever's going on? Like our son's birthday party is this weekend. Jared doesn't need to plan any of that. He knows I'm going to handle all of it, you know, but then uh -huh. he's got travel next week and I got to hold down the fort at home. So it's like the week after that, I've got something for pageant and he's got to support me there. So uh -huh. I think it's just understanding, like, what do you, what do you, you need, first of all, because you can't ask for help, support, whatever, unless you know what you need first. And then communicating that, not expecting the other person to just be a mind reader and know how to support you when you don't even know how they can support you. Boom. You're going to want to rewind that last minute, minute and a half and listen to that a couple of times <laughs> over. So that's really good. 
Now, a strong relationship in your life that you've mentioned has um, helped you really understand productivity is your relationship with your grandma. So talk a little bit about, you know, what you learned from your grandma and how you've integrated that into now being a mom, uh, you know, for your own family dynamic. Yes. Oh my gosh. I wrote the dedication to my book, Slayer Day, to my grandmother. She is my best friend. She has been such a big supporter in my life. Um, she was a wife. Um, my grandfather passed away a couple of years ago, but a wife of 60 plus years, uh, mother to four boys. I mean, I have two and I know that the craziness of just two, so I can't <laughs> imagine four. Um, she was a teacher. She's won many teaching awards, uh, also Temple University graduate. I mean, this woman is the epitome of the word pioneer woman. Like she truly, yeah. I believe, blazed the trail for women like me today to be able to be the mom, the wife, a woman in business, all of these things that even back in the fifties was like unheard of. Mm -hmm. So I just feel, and I don't know if you have any relationships like this in your life. She's probably one of the only ones in my life where I feel like we understand each other on such a deep level. And maybe it's because it's like the grandmother granddaughter relationship and it's very unique and it's not like any other relationship in my life. Yeah. But I feel like the way that she ran her life, the way that she mm -hmm. ran her home and the business and the support role that she played, like I always looked up to that so much. And she, she made it and you're like, how do they make those things look so easy? But there's so much work underneath. Yeah. And she always told me, she's like, Sandy, cause I'm, you know, I'm like butterflies and rainbows and, and fairy tales. And she's like, life is not like that. Like, <laughs> you know, it might look like that, but there's so much work underneath. And I just have so much respect for her. And I feel like it's, that's really what our relationship is. Like I respect her so much. I think that every time I talk to her, even now talk to her a few times a week, she has so much just value and words of wisdom that I feel like today gets lost in translation because yeah. but that's, I feel like at the core of who I am as a wife, mother, and a businesswoman is exactly who she is. And I just mm. try and like absorb all the information that I can from her because I truly feel like she did it so beautifully, supported her husband, had a powerful career that she loved doing has four boys who have all successful marriages, um, great kids, you know, successful children. Like you can't, you, you don't just like win one time, right? Like she yeah. has many wins in her life in all of the de departments that I'm like, man, like if I can just be a fraction of what she created, like I would be happy. So she's real. I mean, I'm sure you can hear it in the way that I talk about her, but yeah. she's my muse. She's my inspiration. And she's just like, that mentor in my life that I'm so, so grateful that I get to call my grandmother. Yes. I love that. I, uh, I can understand that, you know, a relationship that's grown in importance to me, uh, is my grandpa and I had heard. So I, I live in Nebraska. My grandpa lives in Wisconsin and, uh, he's had kind of bad health for a long time, but, um, I heard someone once say, you know, we always think about the amount of time we have with someone based on the number of years you anticipate them being alive, right? So, hey, if they're, you know, 60 today, well, they'll probably live till 85. So I've got 25 years with the person. But when you boil it down, you most of those relationships, you don't see them every yeah. day. You don't see them every week. You might see them two times a year. And so you go, 
man, I, I have 25 years with them, but I might only see them 50 more times in my life. Right. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And, and so all of a sudden you're like, that's crazy. Like, yeah, there's a long time there, but if I only, if I only talk to them when I see them, I'm really not going to have much time left. And so every right. Friday I call my grandpa and it's only about a 10 minute oh, phone call, but that. yeah, every Friday he, he knows I'm calling and we just chat about life. Oh. I get to hear about whatever's going on in his world. And it's just, you know, it's the intentionality okay. of being able to talk and spend time to build that relationship. Yeah. I mean, I, I tell my husband, I say, I literally go back to Pennsylvania to see my grandmother. I call her my bubby. It's a Yiddish <laughs> word for they come to visit. They're actually coming to visit me today. Um, so they can travel, you know, they, they can get around. Okay. But my grandmother, you know, she's, she's by herself. She's in an assisted living home. And I tell my husband, like I literally book trips just to go back to see her because I know, I mean, even if, even if she was in her sixties, I would still do that because the relationship that I have with her is so special. And even um, my son and her, they're like pen pals with each other because now yes. he knows how to read and write. They write, they have their little pen pals with each other. So I just love how it's so special. And I love that you do those calls with your grandfather because it's, you know, it's, you're, you're probably learning, but so is he. And it's such a beautiful relationship to have with each other. Yes. So you mentioned it, grandma was the inspiration for the book. And one of the things when, you know, go get it, slay your day. Um, but one of the things I think you're going to learn from it is how to be intentional and how to prioritize. So, you know, talk a little bit yeah. about what, you know, your focus was on with the book and don't give all the secrets away. We will want yeah. to go get the book, but, you know, highlight a couple, you know, key takeaways um, that, you know, you help a lot of people with, with what you do in coaching and through your book. Yeah. So I'll give you a little backstory real quick. So when I wrote the book, I'm, you can't really see it behind me. You can see the cover a little bit. I was six or seven months pregnant when I wrote the book. This was 2020. So this was during COVID and I, you know, was still running my business. I was still doing my coaching, everything, nothing had changed. Um, but at that time I said, I need to be able to give the tools and the resources, almost like a tool belt for people that feel like they know they're capable of so much more, but they feel stuck or stagnant mm. or burnout. Yeah. And, you know, especially in 2020, I mean, we were all stuck at home. People were going through a lot emotionally, um, trying to figure out jobs or their resources, income, all those things. For me, I was having success at that time where even though I was going, we were in COVID pregnant, all the things I knew that these foundational tools of productivity, time management, even work-life wellness, because it's not mm. a balance. Like I'm not trying to balance something equally work over here, kids over here. Like it's never, it's never equal, right? It's always yes. fluid. It's moving. So, so all of that is in the book. And the way that I structured the book is every chapter that I have, there's 11 chapters at the end, there's a little workbook. So let's say chapter, and I'm just giving you an example. This might not be the exact chapter. Let's <laughs> say the chapter is on uh, time management, right? Let's say that, that that's chapter five. At the end of that chapter, I can implement it mm -hmm. because the number one thing I see with my clients is they will come in, they can take information, but if you don't go and implement that, it doesn't mean anything and it doesn't yeah. do anything. So you have to be willing to show up, take the information and then go implement it. And that's how you're 
going to see success. And you know what? Sometimes it might not be the first time that you see the success. It could take a few times for you to really iron out what that plan looks like for you. And then it's going to change again. So as long as you have the book to use the tools and the resources, it's going to evolve. It's going to grow. It's going to change, but at least you get a solid plan in place for what's going to work for where you're at right now. I love that. And I like how you said you have to do the work and implement, right? We can all read the great yes. phrase. I mean, there's a lot of great books, podcasts, things out there, but what are you going to take and go implement from that? And yeah. on the time management side, you, you've you obviously been able to, I'll say master it. You don't have to brag. I'll brag for you. You've been able to master <laughs> it with all the things you have going on. Um, and I think one of the most important things that the time management takes to make it or make everything get done is exactly what you were talking about earlier, prepping for the event before it happens, right? Hey, me and my husband, we sit down and we plan out the calendar. How many people wake right. up that morning and look at their day and then they go, oh, crap, I have this going on today. Like, how am I going to make it work? <laughs> well, if you looked at it on Sunday and you knew on Thursday you had something going on, it's a lot easier to plan for it. Right. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I think people overcomplicate it. Like, it's really not as complicated as it may sound or maybe we build up in our minds. Like, you could take two or three or just start with one. Yeah. tip from the book and implement it. You don't need to digest the whole thing and say, oh my God, I got to implement all 11 of these tips because there's 11 chapters today. Take one and see the progress and the wins and then move on to the next one. And I think that when you can boil it down to like, what is one thing that I can do today to implement, to move myself forward in the direction that I want to go and you feel the win and you can actually see it, then you're going to be encouraged to do to go on and do more onto the next one. It doesn't need to be like, 10 things at once and then you're overwhelmed and say forget it yes perfect now as if you didn't have enough going on um in 2022 you say you know what i've always kind of thought about doing a pageant maybe i should run for one so let's just add one more uh piece to the pie and something i want to add is that pageantry is usually something that you know people start very early in life and you know they they kind of do it throughout life to my understanding, not the case for you. So talk a little bit about why you wanted to, you know, do a pageant and then uh, a little bit of the results from 2022. Yeah. So as I mentioned a little bit earlier, I am always challenging myself. Like yeah. if I'm not growing, I feel like I'm dying. <laughs> so I will always challenge myself. It's probably also why I wrote the book when I was pregnant, because I was like, well, if that's not enough, having a toddler and being pregnant, let me just write a book on top of it. And during COVID and all these things, like I, I truly feel like there's so much that we're all capable of, but we never really tap into it for whatever reason. Maybe you feel like you can't, maybe you feel like you're burnout. Maybe you're not inspired. Like whatever that, whatever the yeah. case may be for you, for me, I know that if I can have my eye on something that is a stretch for me, I truly feel like, okay, I might not be able to go do that thing, but I'm sure as heck going to try. And I'm going to step outside my comfort zone because if I'm always living in that comfort zone, I feel like I'm dying. So 2022 comes around and I get presented with the opportunity to compete in the Mrs. International pageant. Now I had said to Jared in the past, like kind of just throwing it around, and maybe like just kind of, I guess, cause I put it out in the universe. That's why it happened. And so I had a friend who was in pageantry and she came to me and she said, 
we have an opportunity for you to compete uh, as Mrs. Florida. And I was like, wait, what? what? What does this mean? And she's like, well, you would take the title of Mrs. Florida International, and then you would go on to nationals and compete for Mrs. International. Now, mind you, this was in April, so never had competed in my life before. Now, I talk on stages and I do podcasts and public speaking and all of that, but pageantry is a, a little bit different. I mean, there's that is a big component of it, but there's a whole world behind it that I had never even entered into. So April comes, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it because this is going to stretch me. I've never done this before. Like I'm doing this for me to stretch myself and see what I'm capable of because why not? Right. Mm -hmm. If we're not growing, we're dying. We're prepare and going up against women who've been doing this their whole life. <laughs> July comes, I go to Kingsport, Tennessee, compete with women all over the world. I mean, it's Mrs. International. So there's women from all over the globe. And I go and I win. And I, I blew, I mean, like if you see the, the, the picture of my face from when they say, and our 2022 Mrs. International is Mrs. Florida, Sandy Glenn, my jaw's on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I was just as shocked as, as, as everybody there. I mean, like for me, I happened, like how did, how did, I mean, I, I went to go push myself and like get out of my comfort zone. But I truly believe because my platform is Slay Your Day, the book, the brand and the business, everything. Like I didn't have to come up with something and pretend to be someone I wasn't. Yeah. I was there speaking in my truth, advocating for what I believe in, in work-life wellness and the family unit and being able to do all the things that you want to do as a mom, as a wife, as a business owner. So all the things I talk on podcasts about or interviews or do media on like that it's, it's what I was doing already. So now in hindsight, I understand a little bit more, but it blew my mind at the time. Like, how did this happen? <laughs> no, and what an incredible honor, but I also, you know, think it's probably an amazing opportunity for you to one, uh, promote your brand, but also to help a bunch of people because your brand is so important to, you know, I mean, once again, I know it's focused, yeah predominantly towards women, but I took away a lot. And I know, you know, male listeners are also going to take away a lot yeah. from principles that you're teaching. Yeah. Yeah. And what it truly does. I mean, when you tap into whether you're a man or a woman, when you tap into those tools and strategies, it will change your life period. Hands down. There's no one that, even though the book is pink and it's like your day. And I talk to women, it, you pick it up, you read it it will transform your life if you implement it, right? Yes. That's the key. You got it. You got, can't just read it. You got to implement it too. Um, so, so there's that component, but the, also the, the second component to that is if you are a woman and you are a wife or you have a partner, spouse, whatever, it doesn't just change your life. It changes your partner's life, your kids, your family, your community. It has this ripple effect because you change and then that inherently changes everything and everyone around you. So again, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, like if you read this book, it will have that ripple effect in every area of your life. Yes. Well, Sandy, your story is phenomenal. And one of the things that I think is so cool, you know, as you continue to push your own boundaries, you know, your your kids are getting to see that, right? And I know they're young, but for once again, they're picking up on it. And I'm sure this is not just a phase yeah. of life for you. You'll continue to do that. And they're going to see, man, well, mom and dad, you know, they push themselves. So 
what, how can I do the same thing? Or, you know, Hey, if they made it here, how can I maybe one up them and get a little yes. bit above I, that? So, I hope they do. I hope they do. <laughs> well, and so talk about just that being, you know, the positive environment within the home. So that way, you know, kids can see, you know, an example, and obviously you're not perfect, right? There's, you know, flaws that people yeah. have, but you know, just the example of how to push yourself and continue to grow and expand. Yeah. So I think two things here come up for me. The first one is, you know, again, tying this back into the beginning of the conversation, like I see how hard and how much my family sacrificed to get to even my starting point, yeah. right? Like what my grandfather and my grandmother did together, how they created that family unit, how they sacrificed, how they pushed, how they just built their world, their family to, to give me even the next generation, two generations down that opportunity. I see what my parents then did to even give me the platform, the, the starting point for where I started my journey. So I hope now that I give pass that on for my kids. Now their starting point is a little bit more elevated than where I started. I mean, we, we all hope that for our kids, right. Yeah. That they have it just a little bit better or easier than we did. And I, I don't even want to say easier because I think that like that implies when you say easier, like that there's a shortcut or something because there's yeah. never shortcuts. It's always different obstacles that you have to navigate. And Jared and I both are really, really, we stress in, in our family, like not just the importance because winning, yes, everyone will say winning's important, you know, be number one, but like, it's the grit behind mm. that. And it's the persistence behind that. Cause like Jake will say to me, mommy, we're glad we're winners. And I'm like, that's right. But you know what, what does that mean? Like yeah. we show up and one, one of the, the latest YouTube videos I posted is um, our family was in Alaska. And I said to Jake, cause he's obsessed with fishing. Um, I said, what are, give me the top three, like, what do I need to know about fishing? And his first tip to me was show up. And mm. so for me, that means like, he knows showing up how important that is. Yes. Like get, like get in the rooms, show up because you can't go get that fish unless you show up and get on that boat. <laughs> you know, yeah. you take that same analogy and you put that into any kind of opportunity in the business world, get in the room, you know, just show up. And I think that whether it's showing up or fishing or all these, you know, different analogies that we have, like, we're not just talking about it to our kids. They see that we're doing it. And I think the big thing too, is like, not only can we do this for our kids, but like this needs to be that ripple effect also where they're learning this to pass this on to other people. So whether it's their families, their friends, people that they will influence, like it's really important for us to be able to create that environment for them where they can thrive. And again, not always is it going to be an easy road, but they know that in the face of adversity or obstacles that they can stand up and stick through it, whether it's in my case, winning a pageant or working through business or Jake, you know, going to school and having some type of a project, like the foundational tools and, and really like the lessons, like that's what we want for our kids. Because when you have that mentality, just like I saw when I was 10, 11 years old, going to my dad on those business trips, like it's not something you can talk and teach when you see it, it changes your life. More is caught than taught. That's what I tell people frequently. So now yes, I love that. And that's perfect for, for fishing analogy too. Yes, that's right. Now it kind of lastly then you can tell I'm such a boy mom. 
Yes. Well, so lastly for today, talk about who would be an ideal candidate for your coaching business. And if you're expanding and, you know, growing that, um, you know, sometimes I know as coaches, you can get to a capacity, but who would be kind of the ideal candidate you say, Hey, this person fits our mold really well. Yes. So I have a brand new program that I'm launching next month. It's called power mom four by four. And this is for the woman that truly wants to be able to show up powerfully in her business. And the reason why I call it four by four, it's because it's work four hours a day, four hours a week. We're going to show you all the foundational tools that you'll need, but mm. also the marketing behind this, the sales, the implementation, how to deliver this to your client, but not where you're chained to your business. Cause I know for me, there's days when I'm working maybe only two or three hours a day because the kids need my attention, right? So it's, it's not the hours that you're working, but it's the quality of what you're doing doing in the work yes. and how you show up when you're in it, just like we're talking about. So for these women, it's for women that are ready to show up because I don't like dabblers. I don't want someone that's going to come and sign up for something and not show up because that will not get you results. Yeah. This is for the women that um, are committed, that want to really learn what this, uh, type of style looks like in business where they get to show up powerfully in their business, but also as wives, as mothers, partners, or whatever it is that you want to do with your life. Cause I know some women that don't even get to go out for a day for themselves because they feel so strapped to their businesses. So it's really living life on your terms and knowing the foundational system strategy support on how to do that. Boom. Well, Sandy, I want to say thanks so much for <laughs> spending time and sharing your story today. And I'm excited to just continue to follow your journey. And we'll have to do this again in like two or three years when you've won the next pageant and you yes. started the next business and written book number two and I got all the some fun things. Exciting things coming up. I can't announce them until like next month when my when my reign, when my title's over, but I have some some more things that are gonna push me that I'm very excited about because what's coming up is it's very, it's, it'll be a big mental push more, more so than physical. I mean, I'm probably even saying too much there, but it's something that is going to also push me in a different way that I've never been pushed before. And that's what I'm going to go. For. <laughs> I love it. Well, thanks again, Sandy. Yes. Thanks so much for having me.